Oh, hey, it's Brian again. Before we uh, jump into this week's episode featuring a good friend and also a podcast host, Nick Landy of the Landy Lodge, who's possibly one of the, the coolest dudes out there. Uh, I just want to give you a heads up. Uh, you could probably hear in my voice when we start the frustration because we had a whole bunch of technical errors. I'm getting really sick and tired of video chats. I just want to see my friends again. But, you know, we, uh, we're going to march on through and, and get there because, until it's safe to do this. And, and so when we see everybody, it's going to mean a hell of a lot more. So just like last week, I'm going to give you a song to intro the this episode and obviously we're gonna have a song at the end by nick so um this week uh the song i'm gonna pick actually it's a it's a pretty fun song it's um you can call me out by paul simon i heard the song as a kid is so much fun it's uh i don't know if you if you guys have maybe seen the video it's him and chevy chase kind of fucking around with instruments uh and so it's a it's a fun song and i hope you enjoy it all right so uh (laughs) And when the uh, the show starts, you'll you'll definitely hear my frustration. <laughs> so uh, have a good one, and uh, see you later. A man walks down the street. He says, "Why am I soft in the middle now? Why am I soft in the middle of?" rest of my life is so hard I need a photo opportunity I want a shot of redemption Don't want to end up a cartoon In a cartoon graveyard Bone digger, bone digger Dogs in the moonlight Far away my well-lit door Mr. Beer Melon, Beer Melon Get these mutts away from me, you know I don't find this stuff amusing anymore If you'll be my bodyguard I can be your long-lost pal I can call you Betty, Betty when you call me, you can call me out. A man walks down the street, he says, why am I short of attention? Got a short little span of attention and all my nights are so long. Where's my wife and family? What if I die here? Who'll be my role model now that my role model is gone, gone? He ducked back down the alley with some roly-poly little bat-faced girl. All along, along, there were incidents and accidents, there were hints and allegations. If you'll be my bodyguard, I can be your long lost pal. I can call you Betty, and Betty, when you call me, you can call me. Scatterings and orphanages He looks around 
everybody, uh, it's, it's Brian again. We just had a little bit of a technical difficulty. I'm gonna be super fucking honest right now, because fuck this, fuck this quarantine. I'd rather have my guests in the studio with me, and joining me again uh, is my good friend Nick Landy, who's been super patient throughout this whole entire adventure. Uh, Nick, what do you have to say about Apple products and their shitty garage band recorder? <laughs> well, listen, man, it, it's, it's not that I haven't dealt with on my end before. Um... <laughs> You're not gonna you're not gonna run a podcast unless you're persistent, and you're not gonna run a podcast unless you deal with technical bullshit like this. So, you know, I, I empathize with you, but honestly, I'm having a great time. I've just been hanging out here, so all good on my end. Okay. You know, <laughs> like this quarantine, we'll roll with the punches. Yeah, yeah, man. We had a really good conversation going before about kind of uh, how we're handling like the news aspect of the quarantine. We were kind of. Like just saying, like you know, it's we we kind of digested too much early on, and like a like a sizzler buffet, we made we made a mistake, just too much of a mistake. Oh yeah, dude. Basically, we both ended up in the bathroom, keeled over, realizing we should just stick to the numbers, which right. I guess would be the metaphorical salad bar. You know, it's a salad so, bar and the cheese toast. That's all you got to stick to. Exactly. So if you just stick to that. You'll do a lot better, yeah. and honestly, your wallet will thank you too. Maybe you'll make some, you know, you make nervous <laughs> impulse buys. <laughs> oh man, have you have you made any like? Because uh, we we were talking uh, earlier, and unfortunately, you guys missed it. Or is it a Patreon exclusive? Who knows? Maybe no, it, we lost it. Uh, <laughs> but you you just moved into a new place, just, as so did I. Um, have you like been able like when you've gone out to get like food or anything? Have you ever been like? Oh, let me take a look over at uh, you know, housewares or like, oh, this is a pretty cool thing I could hang up on the wall. <laughs> you know something? It's like I, where I got so lucky, and this is what I was getting into before. I'm like, as far as anybody goes, I've had it pretty good during this quarantine, so I'm very, very fortunate. And one of the reasons of that being is, um, a bunch of video games that I've been looking forward to for years <laughs> dropped all within like two weeks of each other. So I, I didn't need any impulse buys to satisfy me. I, uh, all of that was taken care of. I was like, well, this showed up at a good time. Well, I was going to log 100 hours into this over the course of a year, but now I guess I'll do it in three weeks. So uh, uh, one of the games, oh, is it Animal Crossing, Final Fantasy VII Remake? Or re- and, per- and Persona 5 The Royal, my holy trinity of 2020. <laughs> By the way, all three games are basically asking you to log 100 plus hours. Really? And, Yeah. And I've logged 100 hours into two or three of them already. So, <laughs> quarantine's going well there. Now, do you just, like, you have, like, a time, like, you're like, ah, fuck, I don't want to play Animal Crossing. I want to, like, just beat shit up and, like, kind of, like, move around. That's the other thing. is like, it's such a palate cleanser. Like, right. Animal Crossing and Final Fantasy VII couldn't be any more different from one another. Right. So, it's like, if one gets boring, the other one feels fresh. And I've right. just been caught in that loop for the last three or four weeks. Okay. Well, I mean, all right, yeah, that's. I mean, I've I've seen on Twitter people are just like, they're constantly like going through like their Animal Crossing like was it the island they're selling like radishes or some shit and it's like, like this astronomical like crazy market and all this. Basically, they call it the stalk market. Okay. You know? <laughs> so, but um, basically, like what, what the reason people are going crazy is because Animal Crossing is just a game of self-expression. They give you this island and you could do what 
whatever you want with it. Like people are recreating like movie sets. <laughs> like they're re- they're recreating like um, Central Perk from Friends and putting it in the middle of their island. Like it is just they give you this blank canvas of an island with a bunch of silly big headed animals running around. <laughs> And, and they're just asking you to express yourself however you want. Some people make money in the stock market selling turnips. Me, I'm a, I'm a foreign fruit salesman. Okay. I, I go to other islands. I get take their fruit. I grow it. And I sell it, you know, for three times the, the uh, native fruit. There's just a million ways. Some people are fossil hunters. Some people are fishermen. It, it, some people, it's, it's insane. Wow. That... It really is kind of insane. And, like, this is honestly a textbook perfect quarantine game. It makes you wonder if the whole quarantine is a Nintendo conspiracy. Yeah, well, yeah, like it, it's funny how it like it, it now has this like kind of this. I hate to use the expression, but captive audience, where it's like, all right, use this like play this game where you could dive so deep into it. Like, even if there wasn't a quarantine, if you committed to it, you're like, oh fuck, I missed like six weeks already. Like. <laughs> Well, I don't think that's fun about it is like your villagers will just give you shit oh. if you go missing for a week. They'll be like, I thought, what, do you hate me now? I'm just scared <laughs> to knock on your door. Oh. See, that's what I don't like about video games when they give me sass. I'm like, I got shit going on, pal. <laughs> <laughs> well, attention is the highest form of currency. Okay. So, oh. <laughs> you know, uh, they, they want your attention. All right. But, yeah, I mean, what about you? Have any impulse purchases bubbled up in you? <laughs> Yeah. Groceries. So I, before the quarantine started, I was like, okay, I got, I, I now have, I'm paying cheaper rent. Maybe I'll commit to like starting a, a, a new toy collection. You, you've seen my Funko Pops. So I, awesome. I've just, awesome. I've decided I'll put them on. So I started collecting uh, DC Toy Biz uh, action figures from like the 1980s and early 90s. So they're like maybe three times more pricier than Funko Pops on eBay, but I completed most of the collection. So Really? Yeah. So I have like one half of my uh, TV stand is now, it's uh, like Wayne Manor from Batman Returns and just oh, a whole goodness. bunch of like, so I have like Superman, Lex Luthor, Hawkman, Robin, Cat, like a whole bunch of like weird things going on. When people come over, they're going to see it and they're going to look like, you should spend your money in better ways. <laughs> but, you know, I kind of want to get into that because, you know, people do need to treat themselves at the end of the day. Um, you know, we have the things that we love. Yeah. And we, in many in many ways, we want to pay tribute to the things we love. Like, um, I'm, I'm not a big figurine collector, but I do collect a few. Like, here's one I have, oh. uh, Mitsurugi from Soul Calibur. Oh, very nice. Um, but, and I got, um, I don't know if you can see, but on the bookshelf over there, I have, like, a full... Like R Wing from Star Fox. Oh, very nice. Over there, like, yeah. But what do you think it is? Why do you think things like that bring guys like you and I, you know, I, happiness, satisfaction? <laughs> why? Why do you think we like doing these? Like, like these why? Things? Like collecting and like kind of. I think it's. I think it's from. I mean, it, it's not like in. It's not like I had. I, I'll say this, I had a great childhood. It's not like I ever like. My parents were really cool with buying me and my brother toys we had a lot of toys growing up and it's not like mm-hmm. we like i would never be one of these people like oh george R. Binks ruined my childhood uh <laughs> like no like, i i enjoyed every every chance i got to play with toys and and you know evolve as a child to like you go from toys to video games to cars to you know self-destructive tendencies so <laughs> like i i and the thing is like i really 
like I like my to- like I like the toys, but there's also like the toys that I that wanted. And now as an adult, I'm able to kind of be like, okay, I'm good with my money, kind of. I I but I know I can spend on this and get this, and then finally get close that chapter of of my life. Yeah, man. I mean, look, there's uh, there's lots of ways you could spend your money, but this isn't necessarily a bad one at the end of the day. I mean, I could be doing coke, you know? I mean, yeah, you could be doing coke, but, like, if the rent's paid, buy whatever the fuck you want. You right, know? exactly, yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, my rent's paid on time. My card bills are paid on time. My insurance is paid on time. I paid off my student loans, so whatever. I did see that, by yeah. the way. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. Holy shit! If you paid off your student loans by the whole fucking connection, (laughs) you've gotten to a point that many people in our uh, age demographic will never get to, unfortunately. I I mean, I got lucky with my job. um, They give us like Christmas tips. Yeah, and you've just been funneling it in the whole time. So, what I did was I was able to. I found out how much I had left, so I cut that out of my my final total of tips. I was able to pay that off, and then I'd use the rest to get my apartment and and move. Very good, man. Yeah. Good for you. Congrats. I've got, I got like another three, four years on my loans, but yeah. the end is in sight. Dude, it's, it's such like, ago. like, it was such a, I mean, I hated, I, I hated the fact that I had them, because I didn't, I didn't enjoy going to the school that, that I got them from, but when mm-hmm. I was able to pay it off, it was like, oh, Okay. Now, now I'm, I got less strings attached. Well, that's what I'm saying. Now it's behind you. Now it doesn't feel like it's following you. Like, I'm someone who, I, I actually love the school I went to. I, I had a great time. Um, but see, but it's like following me. It's like every month, it's just a reminder. It's like, hey, you're still paying for this. Yeah. It, hey, I, I'm glad you enjoyed your time there. You're still paying for it. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> that, it's like that one little stretch where you're like, Okay, I got this. Everything's good. Everything's good. It's like, oh, knock, knock. Uh, no, it's not, motherfucker. Here you go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But uh, I've been uh, doing as every good human should do, sacrificing the present to benefit the future. So I've been putting more and more money into it. Yeah. And we'll be, we'll be out of this hole within the next three years. It'll be <laughs> a beautiful day. And I'll be right yeah. there with you, man. No, yeah. So join, join me. <laughs> you're, you're paving the way, man. Yeah. You're paving Fi- the way. Fixing that credit score because I took a real punch in the dick when I, uh, <laughs> like, I, it's like, uh, I never, like, yeah, it's a, it's a story I don't want to really share on a podcast form, but, it, yeah, we, but that would be a picture on exclusive. Oh yeah, that definitely, how, how not to do things. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Nick, so, um, during this, uh, this, the shutdown, we've, uh, kind of lost that magical time of the year between late March and early May, where it's just nonstop, Mets are the worst thing in the world. Oh, no, but this is when we actually have a chance. No, it, it is. It's it's that, that, that hope springs eternal kind of thing, but then you realize, like, maybe April 15th, you're like, oh, we're not good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you go, we, we go 7-3 and three to open the season, you're yeah. like, hey, you know something? This Mickey Calloway's got a real good head on his shoulders. <laughs> And then, you know, by this time, May 6th is when we're like, oh, no. <laughs> How long is it until September? Oh, fuck me. <laughs> exactly. But, um, yeah, no, this is, this. I um, I miss baseball. Yeah. I really do. You, t- you take for granted having these things, you know. Um, as many hobbies as I do have, you know, they're not going to fill the hole 
of losing sports just because like sports are unique sports are, are something that you can unite with others right to, to, to such a full extent you know it's like comparing it to anything else right it's like if you compare it to movies or video games the two right. things you and i you know dive pretty deep into um the level at which you're able to connect with people on those things while large doesn't exactly equal sports because sports have events happen in the here and now like there's the saturday night game right and it's that saturday night game you know animal crossing that's a game every single day of the year right it, you, you kind of know what i'm saying with this no, yeah, Star yeah. Wars came out and was only in theaters for two months right right you know there's like that small pocket and it's just you know whether you watched it in january or you watched it in february it was the same thing what sports do is like they give you sports really give you something new to talk about every single day. Yeah, it's it's constantly changing and constantly evolving. In a game like baseball, not one game is the same. And no. I, and I think that's that's missed on a lot of people who call baseball boring. And that well, you know, it is like baseball is something you almost kind of like. It's weird. It's like there's no middle ground in baseball. You either need to like zoom in on the moments, right? You know, or you need to like zoom out on the season. And those are the only two ways it really makes sense. See, I always felt that it's like, this is what people who love math class feel like. <laughs> well, that's why, yeah. that's why Sabermetric, Sabermetrics found a home yeah, in baseball. It, it's like, it's like you, you go through like school and you're like, ah, oh, fuck this math. Like I'm just getting by. I'm just passing. But like people who like get super into it, you're like, what the fuck's wrong with you? And baseball, <laughs> baseball kind of feel like that because it's like, not just the Sabermetrics, but also like the, uh, the calculations on like how many steps to the wall, how does he know like where to throw the ball, like kind of like all these like different things. And you put me in a, a regular math class and ask me how to do this shit. I'm like, ah, fuck it. I don't know. Burn the whole place down. <laughs> but, but if, with baseball, it's like, I could figure out like the trigonometry of like, why does the shortstop run over to the third base line while the third baseman goes to home plate to, to cover like a cut down play. Like it doesn't make any sense, but I it, get it. It's because it's just like a code in our brains. It's like a framework that just makes sense to us. Because you know what? I bet if all my math questions were baseball related, I probably would have done a lot better in math. I'd be Bill Gates right now. <laughs> well, <he's, laughs> do you want that? <laughs> kind of. I don't know. Like, I mean, like if I could, like, if, if math was presented to me as baseball, like, I would not have failed math so many times they would have threatened to kick me out of school. Fair enough, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nassau Community College, baby. Dude, Nassau Community College. That's, isn't it the biggest community college in the country or something? It's I, something like that. I think so. I think it's it's big enough that like they consider like a real like university. Like it's yeah, at this point, it's got the attendance of like a four year school. Yeah, I mean, it just they don't have people living there, which I guess is good. I mean. Yeah, I think so. Also, there's no, like, when I went, I don't know if it's different now, there's definitely, like, no school spirit, because it's just, like, I'm going there, going to class, I'm getting the fuck out of there. It's grade 13 and 14, man. Yeah. You know? Like, they was like, oh, you have to do, like, when I was a freshman, they're like, oh, you have to do, like, club hour, you have to do this. I'm like, why? The mall's <laughs> down the block. I have a car. Fuck this place. I'm gone. <laughs> it's like I woke up at seven o'clock to do a do a fucking English class. I'm not gonna stick around till twelve, <laughs> so I could play field. Yeah, like <laughs> you're gonna want to get your ass home. Yeah, it's like I have one class on a Tuesday. I'm not staying here. 
Fuck. Uh, excuse me. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's all good. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, no, I um, I hope they find a way to bring baseball back. I, even if it's a short season, a 100-game season. Yeah. You know, even if we can't go to the stadium and we have to watch all the games on TV. Having it back in some capacity will be nice. Yeah, I, th- um, I think so, too. I think it will take the first month to get used to the no fans, the... However, they cut up the games, but I, I definitely think once it's back, we'll all be at ease. And let's be honest, without getting too crude, how great is it to be the National Football League right now and to put your feet up and be like, "We finished our season," and like, and then it hit. It yeah. just it waited for the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. It, it, it's like it waited for them. It killed their competition. It absolutely wiped out the XFL. And by the time September rolls around, we very well might, hopefully, knock on wood, very well might be through this and be able to resume football as normal. There'll be be enough broken bodies along the track for them to be like, well, now we know what to do. Exactly. (laughs) They're like, all right, well, we see what works. And we see, like, yeah, they have the benefit of time. All all they have to worry about is, like, training camp. And I think they're the only real thing that could be like, okay, everybody in a bubble. Because they, when they have training camp, everyone is in like a dormitory, so they'll be like, "Okay, can't leave, can't do anything. You're all tested." Yeah, and, and those guys, honestly, most of them are wearing some kind of mask and gloves while they play. Right. Like you know, it, a lot of those guys have the mouth guards in. You might as well just make like a uh, a mask mouth guard hybrid or something. Well, when it's cold, they all have the 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 head the head hoods. Yeah, the, yeah. like head sleeve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. They, like it's one of the like you can get away with that in football. It is the most. Like, I guess, hazmatted sport out there. It was made for these times. Yeah. It, yeah, the evolution of football was like, we should plan for a pandemic. So, like... Oh, what? and they did. Yeah. And they did. I, but um, I think we'll be very lucky if we get football back. Yeah. Um, the NBA is going to finish. Yeah. You know, they're fortunate enough they were at the end of their season. I feel like... The sport that got it the weirdest is probably hockey, right? Hockey had, like, they, a whole bunch of games left, and then they have their playoffs. Yeah, it happened to them, like, right in the middle. Like, baseball was fortunate. It happened right before right. They, were even, they even got started. NFL, it was over. NBA, they're at the end. But hockey's, like, smack dab, like, towards the middle of their season. They're, yeah. It's a very weird situation for them. Like, business was about to pick up for hockey. Like, that's, like, this is, like, this is the time where hockey kind of is, like, okay... Because in basketball, you already know, you kind of already know who's going to move on to the next rounds. Like, you know, like, uh, with this year, like, the Lakers would definitely go through the West, and the Bucks mm-hmm. are, and the Celtics, and I think whoever else is good in the in the East. So you kind of like, okay, I don't have to tune in until uh, early June. But with hockey, it's every, like, it's almost like baseball where, like, there's, there's more games. Well, it's the same setup, but, like, each game can be different for hockey, too. Yeah, I mean, they play 81 games, which yeah. is, you know, which is a lot of games. You know, I know the NBA plays a similar amount, but it's enough games that the season feels like a marathon. Yeah, and there's not, I don't think it's the same, like, rest period for, like, hockey and basketball. Because I know, like, basketball, when they do, like, back-to-backs, like, some guys take off. I know hockey, like, they're out there every fucking day. Yeah, and it's a grueling sport, man. Yeah. It, you know... Other than football, the, the toll these guys take on their body. But you got to give hockey credit. I feel like hockey solved 
a lot of their, how do you put it, their health problems where the NFL hasn't. Okay. You know, hockey found a way to resolve a lot of the permanent injuries their players were sustaining, yeah. you know, whether it was, you know, getting their teeth knocked out or, you know, they, they dealt with concussions too. Um, hockey has come to grips with that where the NFL still a little bit behind the eight ball. On that yeah. One. I, I also feel like the NFL is, it's tough because they're, they're also, they have one of the weakest players unions. So like you will never have like an NFL lockout, like you had the NHL lockout or the NBA lockout or even the baseball strike. Like, yeah, the NFL like once they like go like oh we might have a a work stoppage so, like you'll have a bunch of guys who don't make a ton of money go like well no 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 the the guy like Tom Brady doesn't speak for you know Bilal Powell you know like, like you can't have that. Well, that's a good point because you know I feel like a lot of people forget that the majority of the league only stays in the league for three or four years and they don't see much more than the league minimum. Yeah, it's a very short lifespan, so they want to make as much as they can as fast as they right can. there. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I, that's where you have to feel for like I know I know it's hard to feel bad for millionaire athletes right. also like potential millionaire athletes but like you got to feel for a lot of the you know young guys who were going to get a shot this year in whatever sport it was going to be and now who knows what can happen between now and when sports resume yeah. anything you know no yeah they were saying that like I think the NFL I was listening I think the Pat McAfee show said it like there might be a 30 to 80 million dollar drop in the salary cap next year. So it could affect a lot of players like young players and older players too. Well, I think what the NFL's long overdue for is we got to see the end of these quarterback contracts. Yeah. It's got it's got to come to an end. The league can't go on this way and the numbers are reflecting that once you pay your quarterback the big bucks your chances of winning a Super Bowl have plummeted. Mm-hmm. And that can't go on. I mean, it, it's gotten so bad to the point that Tom Brady, the guy who's will, notoriously willing to take pay cuts, can't stay in New England because everybody wants to get a quarterback on a rookie contract or something that reflects it. Yeah, if you don't get you know? a quarter if you don't get a quarterback within his first four years, you're you're just you're always gonna constantly be changing people out. Like the I also do think like the years of like a Tom Brady staying in a place for twenty years, Aaron Rodgers, Eli Manning's, that's done. Like I think the, so too. The turnover is going to be ridiculous. I think I think so too, and I think in some ways it almost decentralizes the importance of the positions that you pay. Yeah, you know, it, it really this attitude developed of like, hey, it's all on the quarterback because mm-hmm. that's who you roll the red carpet out for. Right. But, you know, it, you may be starting to think it might be better to have a rookie quarterback and split that $35 million and pay for an entire defense. Yeah. You, you, could, you could buy the league's best defense at $40 million, or you could buy Dak Prescott. What do you want? And look how long it took the Colts to get an offensive line around Andrew Luck. And then, like, <laughs> the minute the minute they do, he's like, fuck this, I'm, I'm retiring because my body can't handle it. Like, Yep. It's Yeah, it's football's a... Football, like I love football, but also I'm like I also hate it because they it's it's such a weird like e- ecosystem to itself. Yeah, you know what it is. It's like I think football's obviously saw an explosion in the last thirty years that they didn't see coming, um, and like they've always had their share of superstars, you know, from the Joe Namaths and Terry Bradshaws, but. Let's just say the NFL went Hollywood yeah. in the last 30 years. Well, that's actually one of the things I wanted to talk to you about because I know uh, yeah. one of your last episodes pre-End of the World, uh, I think you had Burkowski on and you were talking about how baseball could market itself and they and like why they don't. Football has, like, players have brands, but in baseball, 
they don't because it's in baseball like culture you're not better than the team you're not bigger than the you're not bigger than the laundry but with football it's like i got to you know i got to be the biggest person out like Gronkowski or you know uh or Odell like an Odell yeah, Odell Odell yeah it's like each person kind of like they they hit or they don't and like it's it's not looked down upon in football as it is in baseball and at the same time, it's like I can understand baseball looking at that, like looking at the Odell Beckham Juniors and saying, hey, we don't want that to happen here. Right. We don't want this. We don't want guys fishing for deals when they should be trying to help their team win and doing their job. Right. Um, so I can understand that. I just feel like there's a middle ground somewhere in between the NFL and MLB where you can let these players be themselves. Like they can do the marketing for you. Like, do you know how much more effective and a good tweet from Mike Trout is than buying a fucking billboard on I-95? Oh, no, yeah, exactly. Like, what are you doing? It's archaic. Buying a TV commercial that no one pays attention to. Everyone's on their phone during a commercial. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, Major League Baseball and companies alike are spending millions on billboards and commercials. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, like that, it, that's not what gets over. It's kind of weird how they are like so uh, adverse to not letting kind of start like yeah, yeah, their stars have a personality on social media, while like they're like. Did you see? Uh, I don't know if you uh, saw it. You you are on Twitter, right? I, I believe. Uh, kind of. It's like uh, Twitter and I okay. we're a little on and off. Fair enough. You know the uh, the Giants put out a, a tweet because. Uh, as of today is when they're doing the schedule release. So they're like, guess like do like that. They have this uh, thing where a gift just constantly rolls through different images and you're supposed to screenshot it to see like what friend you are or what, like it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun gimmick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But they did this thing. It's like, Oh, see who our uh, opening day opponent is going to be. And it's like the Cowboys, the Cowboys, the Cowboys, the Cowboys, the Cowboys. <laughs> and it's like, and Andrew Parker, our, our mutual friend, Andrew Parker is like, when did the giant social media team get so fucking funny? <laughs> but it's because they also, they embrace the social media of it where like they can be really, like really funny. And I know like, there's a lot of good, good player Twitters to follow out there. And like, that's, and that's, what's effective. It's like, look, I could tell you from a, from a personal standpoint years ago, I don't know if you remember this, Curtis Granderson created a social media account. We follow Lucas Duda. Yep. And it was literally him just following Lucas Duda and filming him. Yeah. And, and legitimately, that got me to watch more Mets games. So it, it, yeah, I think it was like 2015 when they were on the run. Yeah. Like they were going it, it kept me kept me engaged. Yeah. Like I'd be at work and Curtis Granderson would be in my pocket with a video of Lucas Duda and it would remind me, oh yeah, the Mets game's on tonight at 7. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, I, it was something I, that engaged me as opposed to just passively went through my eyes and ears. Right. And I, I love Curtis Grannison when he, like, he was one of the guys that kind of first embraced the, the goofiness of the team's social media. Even when he was on the Yankees, he put out a YouTube video of him trying to find a, a walk-up song. I don't, I don't know if, if anyone, I, I was like, it's, it's when uh, Friday came out, like, you know, Rebecca Black's Friday. And oh, he's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like going that. through all these like hip hop songs. He's like, no, no, it doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't work. And he's like, I found it. I finally found it. And then he starts playing Friday and he's like, yes, <laughs> this is it. And he came out to Friday at. I'm the, sure at he Yankee did. Because he's a, also, Curtis Granderson is probably one of the nicest dudes out there. <laughs> really yeah. good dude. 
Exactly. And he was a gift to the league. Yeah. And I think the league really, honestly, you know, we, we're really giving Curtis Grandison a lot of love here. Oh, yeah. But the league could he's, literally model their social media marketing strategy after he's, Curtis He's bankrolling this podcast right now. He's the podcast working yeah. by Curtis Grandison. He's just listening to, listening in the car. You hear them, honey? They <laughs> really like me. Finally. And you thought that Lucas Student account was a waste of my time. You thought leaving the, the not switching the IG accounts back and forth was a was a terrible idea, but it finally <laughs> I finally did it. Oh, but yeah, I want to I want to see more of that from the yeah. league. I think one thing I like I feel like Pete Alonso, yeah, is really active on social media, which is really good. He's the, the one who started the uh, the LFGO uh, LFGM uh, the hashtag for the Mets last year, and they're like, mm-hmm. "What does that mean?" He's like, "What do you think it means?" which i i I honestly i think he is i don't think he's real i'm convinced he's gonna crap out i i just i i I can't no it's when do we ever breed one of the league's best power hitters in our farm system something's wrong something about this is wrong it smells of like davis it it just doesn't it just doesn't sit well with me i mean how could we have found this gem i yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I hope, I mean, you, we could think he's maybe bizarre like Davis because he bats from the right side of the plate. <laughs> he's ah, he's such like an awkward dude. I think, I don't know, like, I hope he's legit, man. Like he's... Look, look, in my in my heart of hearts, right. I believe he is because I'm a Mets fan and you got to believe, but there's the part of me that's been hurt before. That's it, it, like, hey, it was just one season. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. But it was a tremendous fucking uh, season, though, right? It was unbelievable. It was, like, the one thing that was... Because I, like, last year I was contemplating kind of, like, pausing my Mets fandom just to, like, see other baseball teams and to be like, oh, what's up over here? But yeah. he was the one thing, like, okay, Pete Alonso, that's, that's that's my guy. He was on my fantasy baseball team. I drafted him late. I was like, put him right in. Number one. <laughs> Go. That's a, that's a huge pick. Because, look... I think my favorite player on the team right now is Jeff McNeil. I absolutely love the guy. Yeah. I think he's, in some ways, just un- an unstoppable hitter. <laughs> um, but that, to me, is like, yeah, that makes sense. This is this is the kind of guy the Mets bring up through their system. Right. A good hitter who's, who's just going to be one of the league's better players, right. like a David Wright. A David Wright, a Daniel uh, Murphy. Exactly. Yeah. But then we have this Pete Alonso guy who's trying to be the best hitter in the National League. And it's like, the last time we had, did that, the guy got addicted to cocaine. So, you know, so it's like, caution, what's going to happen here? Oh, my God. Oh, Daryl. <laughs> oh, Daryl. We love you, Daryl. We love you, Daryl Strawberry. Here's, here's who's the favorite baseball player's ever had, too? What's that, Daryl? Daryl Strawberry. He's one, yeah. That's the coolest thing a baseball player's ever had. Yeah. Yeah. Was it my favorite? Like, uh, there's a book called The Bad Guys Won, which is about the 86 Mets. Yep. And one of my favorite stories is that him and uh, Kevin Mitchell got into a fight at, like during a pickup basketball game. And Kevin Mitchell was just beating the shit out of him. And I think, like, it was one of, it was one of the older older Mets. I think it was either, like, Ray Knight or, like, uh, or... Uh, Fuck it. one of the, like one of the outf- or maybe Mookie Wilson, and he's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" That's that's Daryl Strawberry. He's like, 
And Kevin Mitchell's like, oh, I fucking thought Dow Strawberry was a white guy. <laughs> I mean, I guess it is kind of a white sounding name, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. You know, Strawberry. Strawberry. <laughs> you know, but that's hilarious. Oh. I mean, the, dude, that's the other thing. We'll never see a team like the 86 Mets in baseball ever again. No, no. Um, those guys were complete savages. Yeah. They're like, yeah, because they, they don't take amphetamines anymore, so we'll never see. Yeah, amphetamines, cocaine, and steak is not the, the baseball player's diet anymore. No. I mean, the amphetamines still, yeah. but like less and, cocaine. Yeah, andro and all this other steroid shit. Exactly. I mean, let's be real. If these guys are going to play 162 games a year, they're all on something. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I, they're, they're taking the league's brand of amphetamines, but right. they're all on something. It's on the, if it's on the approved list, you never hear what it is. So, Exactly. And honestly, athletes and baseball players have all been on performance-enhancing drugs since fucking the Greek gods, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's, just part of the, it's just part of the game. I'm sure you're familiar with the Russian doping scandal. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, human beings are always looking for an edge, and they don't care if it follows the rules or not. Now, here's going to be a hard kind of left turn in the same thing. I, I, I kind of like asking baseball fans this, but do you remember your first game? Like, the first game you ever went to? I don't remember the first game in terms of who we the Mets faced, but I could tell you it was at Shea Stadium. Okay. I could tell you I was with my dad. I could tell you I was about four or five years old. And I could tell you I do remember the first time I saw a baseball game. Okay. I, I mean, yeah, that's one of the things, like, with, with, especially with Mets fans, because uh, going to Shea Stadium a lot, and I, I, don't, I don't know if I've talked about it with you, it's like one of the, the major things I don't like about City Field is that in Shea Stadium, like you couldn't see the field when you're in the upper decks. You had to wait to go through like the entranceway. So when you walked mm-hmm. out, the sun hit your eyes and, and you see this massive field. But now with, with oh. City Field, you just walk to the left and I'm like, oh, there it is. I 100% agree with you. It was almost like – it was almost theater the yeah. way Shea Stadium was built. It was almost like every child was granted this theatrical moment where you're walking up the rotunda, mm-hmm. slowly out of the darkness into the sunlight, and like you said, boom, there was that big, vast field. And all you'd ever seen before was that Little League field you play t-ball on. Right. But then you see it. You know what I mean? You see baseball heaven yep. right in front of you. Yeah, because – And that, you don't get that at City Field. No, so you don't. I, also I like it. I agree with you. It is funny because when you did walk through like the interior of uh, Shea Stadium, it was this kind of rundown, shitty like factory with like random ramps that would just like go to like the top of the fucking building and then to the bottom of the building. But then you walk out and you see this like well manicured field, these bright blue walls, this gigantic yes. fucking scoreboard that like you've never seen anything this big. The you know the the picnic area, like and the and the apple in the middle of center field, and you're like. Yep. This is the same place. Like, how is this the same place? Yep. Uh, and, and there was such a charm to that. And, like, yeah. it's funny. Like, people can't agree on anything in this world. But Mets fans agree that Shea Stadium was a dump, but mm. it was our dump, and it was beautiful. Right. That's that's our that's our favorite that's our favorite saying is like, it's a shithole, but it's our shithole. Like exactly. Yeah. And look, the rumors were true. All I ever heard my whole life was that like playoff atmosphere city not city field playoff atmosphere Shea Stadium you could feel the stadium oh, rocking yeah. and you felt like it was going to break now i had never experienced that i'd been to some playoff games like i went with my dad to the uh, Benny Agbayani walk off home run against oh, the Cardinals baby. <laughs> but i was in the Pepsi porch i would okay. seen so many games in the Pepsi porch right. as a kid 
But I remember going to that Johan game oh. against the Marlins. Oh, the, when, when he was on like three days rest? And he yes, pitched like in a two 2008, minute? the final win in Shea Stadium. Oh. And dude, honestly, the, the, the legends were true. Yeah. It felt like it was all going to collapse on top of me. Yep. No, there was a. I went to the game where they clinched the NL East in 2006. Oh, so, that was awesome! Yeah, the last so, out was a fly ball to Cliff Floyd. Yep. They all uh, Jose Valentin hit two home runs in the game, and oh, so yeah. I went with my buddy, and we're just we we're just sitting there watching this game, and we're in the upper deck, and the, like, and you feel it. You start feeling this like kind of this like woof and like okay, like we still got like guys, we got six outs to go. We got, and you start <laughs> counting it down. And then when that last fucking, the, when the ball was hit the cliff and you're just standing there, it gets quiet and then people lost their fucking shit. Someone dropped their, their fucking sausage and peppers on the back of my jersey. And I was like, I don't fucking care. I've never We're seen this. I don't care. We just won the at least. Exactly. Like, it's, this is the first time I've seen this. Like, I'm, and I'm like losing it. I'm hugging people that I just met, getting rid. Like, it was a crazy day. <laughs> I think, and I, this is what I'm saying. When I said, like, you know, as much as I love my other hobbies, there is nothing quite like sports because of what you just said right there. Yeah. Hugging people you've never met. Yep. Now Every you... time I go to City Field, I'm high fiving or hugging someone I've never met and will never see again. Yep. We're gonna be throwing elbows to everybody now, just like dropping, yeah, like, just throwing Dusty Rhodes elbows at. <laughs> oh God! No, honestly, I gotta be real with you, man. I don't think. I think we're going to go to fist bumps. Yeah, I think, I think the fist bump's going to take over. Yeah. No, I, I agree. The fist bump is going to be the, the evolution of the handshake. It'll be the new way. I mean, I think the handshake's coming back. I think in business situations, the handshake will be around. But casually, fist bumps are fine. Yeah. Exactly. Good morning, fist bump. Yep. <laughs> um, oh, man. Uh, Parker wanted me to bring up the stuff you, you, you guys talked about on his... his uh, on the on hit the first time he was on your show because apparently a couple things that came true like the banjo and kazooie came out came out on uh, Smash that Smash he, he called that and then he, I think something about Final Fantasy you guys were talking about but I also wanted to bring up I think there's something about the Landy Lodge itself because I don't know if you remember when I was on it I predicted the end of Endgame where I said Iron Man's gonna die and Captain America's gonna go back in time. <laughs> To be to be with Peggy, yeah, you know that whole that whole episode aged pretty well. I gotta say, I gotta say the um, uh, both your episode and Andrew Parker's episode aged sensationally well. <laughs> like yeah. when we eventually upload all of the internet data into some super AI, it's gonna know that you guys were right. But yeah, dude, it's un it's unfortunate. Before you know this whole Corona situation went down, you guys were supposed to come back on. We could have yeah. revisited these things. You know, I would I'd love to hear your predictions for the future MCU. Oh, um, man, I don't I don't know yet. I have to kind of see. I wanted to wait to see with uh, Black Widow and see like I kind of will get, like get the vibe from that. But yeah, I. How do you, how do you feel about? I mean, what are they going to do with that? Is that just going to drop on Disney Plus? No, no, wait until November. Like they even said, it's coming out in November. They're, I think they're, like, they're, I, I hate, like, film theory things, but um, there was a video uh, by that film theory, I think he does, like, game theory and all that shit, like, MatPat or whatever, and yeah, he, brought up, he brought up a good point where, like, the reason why, like, they're okay with dropping, like, Onward on VOD, they're okay with, like, dropping 
you know, certain things on VOD quickly, but not this because maybe it sets up something big for the next stage and they want people to actually see it in the theaters. Yeah, no, that, that would be a good point. I mean, at the very least, because this movie happens in the past, it's going to shine some light either on something that's already happened or something that's going to happen, right? Right. I mean, they, they wouldn't just be inserting a movie. One thing Marvel's done well is every movie inserted into the canon has some kind of gets paid forward at some point in the future. Right. So you have to assume there's something in this Black Widow movie that if it's not important now, it's going to be important at some point in the future. Yeah, like they'll like yeah, if it's not important now, it's definitely like three movies down the line. Like it's like it's, it might like pay off in like Spider-Man 3. Like you never know. Yeah, exactly. But uh you don't think and you know, my opinion is they made this movie too late. That's my opinion. You yeah. have to make this movie before you make me watch her die on screen. I want to see the movie. Don't get me right. wrong. I'm going to see it. I love the character. But I feel like for maybe the more casuals, I guess what I'll, it, what I'll say is yeah. like they just saw her die. And now you want them to go back into the theater and care? Right. You know, I, I feel like had this movie just been released pre-Endgame, well, I think it, it might have drawn more people in. But it. to maybe something you were alluding to, maybe there's a reason this had to wait. Yeah. I think uh, it, it does feel a slight reactionary to Wonder Woman. Like, DC came out with Wonder Woman and it fucking killed. And then, uh, so they're like, oh, well, we kind of have a plan in place now. Like, they, like Marvel was definitely not like, Marvel's not Star Wars at all. And I've said it a thousand times. Star Wars just basically kind of makes it up as they go along. And, and they just go, yeah, we, we figured that was going to happen. Yeah, we, we knew that. Don't worry. Because like if you make, look at make it up as they go along, you say yeah. Because I mean, like look at the original trilogy where it's like Luke and Leia, and like okay, maybe there's something there, and then they go Empire Strikes Back. It's like oh, look at this, something's going on. Maybe we could have, and I think they were they were also like trying to work with something with uh, Harrison Ford's contract, like bring him back to the last one. And if they couldn't do it, they'd definitely like buy into like the Leia and Luke thing. But then they go, oh yeah, brother and sister. Yeah. No, that is a good point because they do. They are a little bit ambiguous um, yeah. about all of that yep. throughout those films. Um, let's just say they were better at making it up as they went along back then, as opposed to now. Now it's more of a, a corporate thing. It's just, yeah. It, it, I don't know. <laughs> it's. All, I mean, were you ever? I'm sorry if we've touched on this, but were you ever like a big Star Wars guy? No, I was a, I was a huge, huge Star Wars guy. I, like, where, where did they lose you? Because I, I see you're speaking in the past tense. Um, a lot of the like the the Phantom Menace trilogy is where I kind of just held back, and then I really enjoyed the Last Jedi, like the the the. So you're, oh, so you're on that side of the yeah, fence. I liked it because it kind of set up this whole thing of like, yeah, the Skywalker story is sto- uh, is done and over. I don't. I like. Let me start anew. And here's what I'll say. I, I, I skipped over Rise of Skywalker because I just I just really wasn't interested anymore. Also, there's so much Star Wars content out there yeah. that I'm, I'm not like begging for the numbered titles. Um, but as someone who you know wasn't a huge fan of the Last Jedi, I, I thought it was a bad move to basically. It sounds like the newest movie was kind of like a an apology yeah. for the Last Jedi. Like they turned their back on everything they where they were taking it and it's like hey you should commit to where you're taking this exactly it's like just dive through it and just you'll you'll be better off going through this wall that you set up for yourself instead of 
reversing and trying to go around it because that's where you make a mistake. Exactly. Like, in theory, you know, they could have released uh, Rise of Skywalker that made me like The Last Jedi. Because you know what? Maybe there was something I didn't like because I was afraid of its future implications. Right. But then you showed me in Episode Nine that my fears were quarried. Right. Then we're cool. You made it all work, you know? Maybe something like that. But then I hear... You know, they, 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 they threw Pal- Palpatine in last minute. Let's, oh, not, let's not act like that was planned. They 100%. threw that in last minute. They, they threw in retcons to The Last Jedi. And it's like, you have no idea what you're doing. You didn't even invite George Lucas to the premiere. This this yeah. pocket of Star Wars is just a little disorganized right now. It needs to figure itself out. There's, that said, I'm a huge fan of The Mandalorian. I thought that was really cool. I, I, I really, uh, yeah, I super enjoyed The Mandalorian because... I like that they released the one episode where you could see Baby Yoda healing somebody the week before Rise of Skywalker. You could be like, oh, that is a power. I guess we're cool with that. Like, that's cool. I guess that's a thing now. Yeah. You're like, yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> what? Well, I, it, it seems obvious to me. Yeah. And are, it's, it should be obvious to anyone. The Star Wars fan base is going to split it into two universes. There's the Lucas universe and there's the Disney universe. Yeah. And both can exist. That's the thing. Even if you don't like the new stuff... That doesn't mean it has to take away from your enjoyment of the old stuff. Exactly, like, yeah. Just because the expanded universe isn't canon to Disney doesn't mean all those books and comics are meaningless now. It's just its own it's its own universe. Exactly. It's still it's, a thing. It, yeah, it's uh, – and I, I, I 100% agree with you. It's like they, – like, yeah, Star Wars fans are the most unhappiest people in the world sometimes. And <laughs> Well, because they peaked 40 years ago. Yeah, because they, they had two good movies and then they were like, all right. But – I think the, th- the thing is, it's like, I hate the uh, this idea of, like, shitting on people's fandom because it doesn't fit your fandom. And it's like, yes. I don't care, like, Raylos could have their fun, uh, the, like, each person could have, like, each, like, shipper could have their own little, little thing, and it doesn't bother me. Uh, Dude, people getting mad at other people's, like, romantic fantasies inside like franchises, right. is one of the, it's so just 21st century internet, like good life problem. Like right. if your problem is that someone is shipping characters that you don't think belong together, like if that's what got you angry on a Tuesday afternoon. You got other things going on, man. You, what are you, come on, man. <laughs> I know, I know, it's, it's nuts. Oh, God. The, uh, I, I don't know, I mean... I, I found the Rise of Skywalker very funny, especially to a point where, like, I don't know if you've seen the opening crawl, where it just, like, the first words are like, the dead speak! Like, okay, so now we know what's going on. And then there's a part in the middle of the movie where uh, General Hux goes, he just turns straight to the camera, looks you dead in the eye, and goes, I'm the spy. It's like, well, okay. <laughs> Thanks for the subtlety, I guess. I've heard, I've heard some, I've, I've heard things about that film where it's like, the people who liked The Last Jedi weren't satisfied with it, and the people who didn't like The Last Jedi weren't satisfied with it. Right. It was- but then you have, and I'll give my buddy credit, my, my buddy Josh, and he said this to me honestly. He's just like, Nick, I love Star Wars so much. I'm going to find a way to like whatever they give me. Yeah. And I respect that because he's honest. Yeah. No, yeah. I, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very good point. It's you, you, love the, you love the saga. You love the story. It's not like... Even though I didn't like the the prequel trilogy, I still love the story. I'm not gonna be like, oh, everything's over, you know. But uh, exactly, no, nothing gets invalidated um, by any of this now. Um, 
I don't know, man. People, listen, this is something I've been like playing with for a while. It's like, to many people, these franchises are their religion. And I don't even mean that to an extreme, like, no, yes. You know, because I think people at the end of the day are religious to some degree. That doesn't mean you have a religion, but it's like, you know, you have a you have a universe mm-hmm. that tells you stories that helps you understand the world around you. Yeah, you know, we talked about and it like, earlier with baseball. I mean, it's exactly yeah. exactly we do that. We do this with everything. Yeah, you know. Um, so, but people, when it comes to things, say like Star Wars or Marvel or you know any of these franchises that yeah. have these universes of stories to tell. People almost get possessive these days. Oh, yeah. It, it happened with Ghostbusters when that came out. And I was like, what's the big fucking deal? Like, if you love Ghostbusters, you should love the idea that more people are going to start to love Ghostbusters. Just e- open up exactly. the gates. Welcome exactly. Them in. It's like, even if, you, even if you hate the new Ghostbusters film, hmm? who cares? You have the old films that you already love. Yeah. I bought those fucking <laughs> things like 20 times. Yeah. <laughs> And like to your point, now that these you know the new Ghostbusters movies out, and like you could say it sucks, but you know what it might do? Someone who did like that movie, they might go back and watch the old movies, yeah, keeping the movies you love alive even longer. What what I what I really liked is that they, uh, especially it came out after. I don't know if it was a PR move, but there's definitely like people who you know they were raised on Ghostbusters, and now they had kids, and like, and they had daughters, and the daughters were like, well, now I could see myself as a Ghostbuster. And I was like, Dad, if I had a fucking kid, I would love to fucking show him Ghostbusters. And then if there's a new Ghostbusters, it's something we could share. Like, who who would try to take that away from somebody? Like, that's... That it's sucks. again, it's, it's a possessive thing. Yeah. You know, it's to some people, it's like changing the, the Christ story. Yeah. You know, to some people, it's like, hey, this is a big part of my life and you're tankering with it. I had headcanon about what this was about and how it was going to go. And you're messing with it. You're right. messing with my Ghostbusters. <laughs> and look, as someone who's really passionate about like certain universes, I understand. You know, I was I'm a I was a huge Star Wars fan, and the new movies, in some ways, as a fan, they let me down. Right. But that puts me with my fucking expectations and what I wanted. Right. But you but still love the old movies. I love the old movies, and I'm not raging on the internet. No. Because I didn't like these new films. You know, I'll, I'll talk to you about it, and you and I can have a nice discussion. Maybe we can even do a whole podcast about, you know, your case for The Last Jedi, my case against it. But Maybe. at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, we have this passion because it's something we love. Yeah, 100%. Because, you know? yeah, either, like, if you, you break down that whole argument, we're still going to start off at the same spot where it's like, at that point in, was it A New Hope, or maybe Empire Strikes Back for you, or... Return of the Jedi, where the lightsaber kicks on for the first time, and you're like, oh, this is, this is mine. This is what I'm about. Like, I'm fucking for this. It, it's, it's there. It's under all this layers, and we just have to remember that, like, this is what we're all, we're all here for. We're all about it, so. Yeah, you know, it's like, unfortunately, I guess things are just divisive these days, no matter what, yeah. no matter what sector uh, of our society we look at. But one thing I hope we can get back to, and I think for the most part we're still there. Right. I just like I just like it to be a little bit more prevalent of a force. But I'd like to get back to these stories uniting everyone again. Yeah. You know, Star Wars used to be something that united people. It didn't divide them. No. You know, same way, and that's that's something Marvel has done. Like Avengers, the Avengers films 
were something that brought us all together. I'll never forget the weekend um, Endgame came out, yeah. and I had softball that Sunday morning, and that's all anyone was fucking talking about. The umpire was talking about it. The other team was talking about it. Our team was talking about it. That's what these stories are there for. Yeah. You know, and it ties it back into what I was saying, where it's like, you know, they help create a sense of community. Yeah. And I, I hope, and I, I don't know, maybe because now things like Reddit and Twitter exist, these negative voices are always going to have a platform that amplifies them. But I'd like to see these franchises and these beloved stories bring us back to a place where they can unite us again. I, I am 100% on board with that. I would fucking love it. Because when it, when I went to see Endgame, sitting in a... I had Mikey sitting next to me and I was sitting next to Complete Strangers... When that shit broke down and everybody came back, there were no strangers anymore. We were all Avengers at that point. Dude, it was like the fucking moon landing. Did did you uh on Instagram people have been posting like the reactions of like like of the crowds in the movie theaters? And I still get like, you know, goosebumps on the back of my neck, like, yeah, I was there for something like this. And it's we could definitely have that again once we're allowed in movie theaters. And like, you know, I think it's a great story you tell. And I love that you just said that you got like those chills because you were having a moment in a community. Yep. You know, and that's that, that's like the epitome of what these stories are trying to do or what they should be trying to do. Yeah. That was the one time I didn't care people were talking in a movie theater. Like, yeah, oh, because it, it transcended the movie. Exactly. It, it was big. Like, it wasn't a movie at the time. It was an event at the time. Like, it, that, that's. It, yeah. Exactly, dude. Exactly. And, you know, we have so many beloved, like, no matter what it is you love, like, whether it's Star Wars, whether it's Lord of the Rings, whether it's Rick and Morty, whether it's Pokemon, Marvel, DC, Final Fantasy, it's like, all of these things have such a huge platform these th- today. Like, fuck it, like, even the Ninja Turtles, it's like, all these things have gotten so much bigger than we could have ever dreamed they could have been when we were kids. Yeah. And they're being realized in ways that we could have never dreamed possible. Exactly. Like the you only know? way I, I, I could have thought of like an end game finale is me playing with my toys at the end. Like that's it. Like this happened, like all this shit happening. I was like, you never have imagined that. And then when it happened, I was like, my mind was fucking blown. Just sitting there just like, I can't fucking believe this. I can't believe what I'm seeing. Yeah. And I think what gets lost along the way is like, look, whether you loved a movie or not, you know, thousands of people brought themselves together to bring you that. Like, stay, look at the credits of the next TV show, game, or movie you see. Like, legitimately, thousands of people had to work together to bring you that. Yeah. You know, and that's that's something powerful and amazing, at uh, least in my opinion. No, 100%, because it, it's, it's all, we're all, like, they're all working together for this great goal, which we should all be doing. And at, at that, that moment, I kind of want to, uh, halt this this great conversation to to ruin it with you you've uh you, you struggle with me today to get through one of the most technically difficult <laughs> podcasts i've ever had just mystery drops and all this stuff uh nick i thank you for your patience and i've said it to you a thousand times you're possibly one of my favorite people like i know we're still like relatively new friends and stuff but you're a good dude you're a great dude you got a great podcast. I love being on it. I love listening to it. It's uh, it's possibly like it's the chillest fucking podcast I think I've ever listened to. You're going out there with some truths, going out there with some honest opinions, and I really and I want people to listen to it 
even though I think we do share a good chunk of our audience together. <laughs> at this point, we at this point, like the Venn diagram's gotten a lot more like a circle. <laughs> but you know, I I want you right now to just uh, give yourself a good good promotion right now. Just give yourself that big old plug. Plug City. Before I before I plug, thank you. Well, that sounded dirty, but thank you very much. Thank that honestly, dude. I, I am touched. I, I getting to meet you in the last couple of years has actually been incredibly rewarding. Like you're a great dude to talk to. I love that. Like, dude, whether it was the no matter what podcast we do, we have almost no plan going into it. There was nothing for this podcast. There were no bullet points like, hey, you want to talk about this? Hey, you want to talk about that? It was, hey, let's go. I'm recording, and you know. As much as I, obviously I can talk, but there aren't as many, there aren't many people in my life that I can talk to in this way. Right. And it's a pleasure, whether it's in podcasts or seeing you in person, just to be able to talk to you and just talk about this nerdy shit, um, whether it's the Mets or comics right. or anything. So <laughs> I, I thank you, you know, for welcoming, welcoming me into your life, having me on your podcast, getting to know you. Um, the Movie Mayhem podcast is fucking great. I think you have one of the coolest logos I've ever seen. Yeah, you can thank um, my cousin for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's like I have your sticker on my laptop. I have one reserved for when I replace this laptop. Okay. Um, it's, you know, you you guys are doing a great job. You, I, I can't wait for you guys to get back at it when this whole thing blows over. Yeah. But um, for those of you who are listening, um, it, it, it's really, honestly, my honor to <laughs> have your ear. I don't know what I've done to deserve anybody's ear, but thank you for lending me yours. Uh, I host a podcast, The Landy Lodge. It's a cross-platform. It's on YouTube as well. We have a YouTube channel. On the YouTube channel, things are a little bit more diverse. I dive into a lot of video game theory and story analysis on the YouTube channel. So if if that's your game, you can head out over there. If you just want a podcast where I'm literally just hanging back and chilling like I did with Brian here today, um, just look for the Landy Lodge on Spotify. Uh, if any of you are Final Fantasy VII fans out there, I just started a Final Fantasy VII podcast, The Midgar Minute. Oh, uh, boy. New yeah, show alert. You know, I, I got a lot going on. I mean, yeah. when you're stuck inside your home for 45 <laughs> days straight, you know. Are, are you doing the uh, Final Fantasy show by yourself or you have somebody with you? Oh, I got a buddy of mine, Chris, Big C. We do it together. He's as big a nerd as I am on these things. And <laughs> Great. He's a joy to talk to, so um, follow the Midgar Minute. Uh, Chris and I would love to, you know, just can communicate with you guys and connect with you guys, talk about this new Final Fantasy game that we think is tremendous. Um, and obviously there's no shortage of conversation there. But there you go, the Landy Lodge, the Midgar Minute. Just search it. You'll find it. Brian, thank you so much for having me on, dude. I, I can't wait to come back on again. And when this whole thing blows over, I can't wait to have you back on the Landy Lodge. The, what, I, what I said to my friend Justin, who I had on the show uh, one of the last episodes, uh, when this whole thing is over, I'm going to have a big fucking party and I'm going to have awkwardly break people off into doing a podcast every hour. So. That's a great idea. Yeah. Just, that's a great idea. Just a podcast party. I, I mean, this, like I told you before, this is a temporary show just to kind of touch base with a lot of good people. Just, you know, kind of reach out in this weird time. I always, I always kind of say it's like we've been in parking for a park for a little while and it's nice to just drop it into drive and just spin those wheels. Uh, Nick, I, I do appreciate you coming on. Uh, also want to give your girlfriend a shout-out, who's a great artist, if you want to give her... Yes, the lovely Charlotte Astry. You can find her on Instagram, charlotte96. She's been crushing it with art lately. If you're into Animal Crossing, she's made a bunch of new works with that. 
Um, and she made the logo for the Midgar Minute. So, there you go. And also, uh, dropped drop possibly one of the best intros I've ever heard on a podcast just a couple <laughs> yeah. weeks ago. <laughs> That's right. She hosted. She did a great job. She did a fantastic job. I'm glad you said so. Because when I heard that, I was like, I've been doing this for five fucking years and I still can't get it right. <laughs> <laughs> But she did it. She does a, a great job. Everyone, just check out their stuff. And like always, that this the vaunted tradition of this nameless show that we're doing. Uh, Nick, I asked you before to uh, request a either a banger or a really uh, important song to you to end this show on that I'm going to play over our our credits. You know. So Nick, what is the uh, song you picked? So the song, very appropriately, is entitled "Hollow." It is from it is the theme song for the new Final Fantasy VII, and it is a beautiful song and a masterclass of blues writing. And uh, it not only speaks true to the game itself, but I think it speaks true to the world we live in today. And it's an absolute banger, so, so enjoy it. I hope you guys enjoy it. Like always, you can find me over on Twitter at Movie Man Pod, on Instagram at Movie Man Podcast. Uh, T Public is still selling masks, and you can get always get it at MovieMayhem.cast. Remember to. Podcast with a D in the front now with a, a P because I can't spell and have a public school education. So once again, thank you all so much. Be safe out there. Nick, thank you again. And uh, you know what? Let's give him the secret to podcast success. Um, and one, two. I would be lost Drifting alone Floating up
every smile.